Hey, I'm Kevin Kaufman. I'm joined with Fred Weaver. We are your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast. Where five days a week you can get great real estate content. On Mondays, Kevin interviews a top rock star in the real estate space. Every Tuesday, we bring you industry headlines where we look back on the last seven days of news in real estate. Wednesdays and Fridays is iMinute where we talk about iBuyers in the real estate space. And Thursday, we bring you a weekly business tip. So listen to us anywhere podcasts can be listened to. You can watch most of these podcasts video form on YouTube and tune in five days a week. And make sure you connect with us on Facebook as well as visit KevinandFred.com and you can check out our referral guarantee, right Kevin? KevinandFred.com forward slash guarantee. We'd love to receive your real estate referrals here in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk with you soon. Hey guys, Kevin here. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Tyler Smith. Tyler is the CEO of a transaction management company called Skyslope. You've probably heard of them. They are a very large company and have really grown a lot in the last few years. Tyler used to be a real estate agent. In fact, you may have heard him referenced on an earlier episode by with by my guest, Leo Pereja. Um, Leo is the one who connected us. Tyler is a guy who ran a really good real estate business and then uh, found himself running another business, which is software, a real estate software company. So that's Skyslope. It has become a very big business for him today, and it is all that he focuses on. Shares a lot of lessons learned just kind of through the entrepreneurial life and that journey, going from real estate agent to software business owner, and uh, really cool stuff. So hope you enjoy this episode, and we'll see you soon. All right, Next Level Podcast listeners, we are back, and uh, this week I am joined. Uh, my guest is the CEO of Skyslope, Mr. Tyler Smith. Tyler, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. Happy Tuesday. Yeah, man, happy Tuesday. Well, I'm super excited to to do this. We've uh, we've been working to get this on our books uh, to get this interview done, and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited about this. We were introduced from a, from a mutual friend and a former guest on the podcast, Leo Pereja, and uh, you know, uh, Leo's my brother from a different mother, for sure. Leo's Leo's a cool dude, for sure, and a smart guy too. And uh, you know, kind of behind your back, he he gave gave you a lot of credit for where he's at in his business journey uh, these days, and and gave you a lot of credit for being such an inspiration to him. And uh, so, you know, he speaks highly of you, and which is how we connected because Leo's Leo's a buddy of mine, and. So I thought, wow, it'd be it'd be cool to uh, to chat and learn learn a little bit more about your journey. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'll give you one fact about Leo real quick. So it's interesting. Yeah. Leo and I were the same year of National Association of Realtors, thirty under thirty, and we both met in Chicago at the event. And he was this fall at our sister's big event. He said, "Let me take you to Joe's Stone Cold." And I have to think of Joe's, uh, you know, Joe's Crab Shack. And I'm like, people are interested in this Crab Shack. He goes, "No, Joe's." Joe's so cool crap. I'm like, I didn't understand at the time there was differences. So he takes this nice restaurant. We're sitting there. We're chatting. Like, dude, you give me so much advice. I give so much advice. So from there, we like compete with each other. From He's in D.C. I'm in California. And, and he always beat me. And I'll tell him that to, to the day guys. Although I, I was, you know, now I'm training him, right, on technology. You know, but it's funny. We went through that. And I said, I'm starting this company with Junior. Bro, man, we're in real estate. Why are you leaving real estate? You're crazy. And everyone like, dude, you got to get the software. You got to get the software. You got to get the software. Year after year, I said this to him. And he finally called me and I said, 
I'm getting this off. I'm like, you're like three and a half, four years late, man. And now he goes, oh, I'm catching you. I'm catching you, buddy. Watch out. Man. And he is growing faster. He's, I said, like, you're taking all my advice and I'm giving you and you're, you're, you're doing well. Obviously, there's a lot of work behind it. Um, but it's a fun, fun little thing. We always uh, joke around with each other. And Leo's a great friend. I'm like a brother to me. So um, it's been fun doing that. But yeah, my, my, my real estate career started when I was 20. Yeah. I got real estate, bought a house. Uh, real estate was not great. Um, and it's, it was like my realtor at the time, I worked with my lender. My, my realtor slash lender paid 13 grand. Sign me up. Like at 20, 13 grand, I'm doing it. Right. Totally. And so, uh, I was like, mom, I love you, but I'm walking out of college. She's like, what? I'm like, I'm out. Like, and I'm a, a pro and a con about me uh, is I'm very black or white. It's like, I'm either like belly popping in or I'm not going in, but I've never dipped in my toe. It's, it never happens. It's, it's, there's a lot of strengths there. There also comes a lot of weaknesses with that as well because there's no middle ground. Um, but I said, mom, I'm dropping out. I'm just out. Next day, didn't show up, stopped going to college. And I went to La Blue every day, which is like a pastry shop here in California. And I don't guys I'm over the world, but I literally studied every single day because I was like, I'm gonna be a millionaire. Like this guy made 13 grand. That'll save all I think all my problems I'll solve, which is hilarious to look back at because it's just not true. Thirteen thousand dollars is not gonna solve all your problems. But that's how naive I was at that point. It's so funny that you that you use that story because it's not too dissimilar even even from Leo's. And one of the things I like about how even though you're uh, you're not running a real estate team or business per se today, what I like about you and your story uh, that I think so many of us can learn from, and so many of us in real estate do, is real estate can actually be a launching pad for other businesses, right? And uh, you and Leo both started out it's a very similar story, and so many of my other friends who are entrepreneurs who you know, real estate's where you start, but you eventually take that other places. Um, so before we talk about Skyslope and some of the cool stuff you've done recently, tell me about those first couple of years in real estate. So you, you fell in love. You're like, oh my goodness, 13 grand from one transaction. I'm a millionaire, which again, when you're 20, that, that makes it seem like it. Uh, tell me about your first couple of years in real estate and what was that like? Yeah, first year I sold one home. Not well. It was my girlfriend at the time's father's home. It was $565,000. I made like 18 grand. By the way, that was gross. Then I had to pay my mentor. Remember mentor days, right? I paid my mentor for me. Then I had to pay my broker 50% of that, right? Because those are the days of, uh, you know, 50% fees for new newbies, which doesn't even exist anymore. But um, but I still was rich. I literally, I think I, I brought home like $9,460 or something like that. It's like 9460 I remember that because that's one of my passwords. Don't try to hack me because that's just one of my passwords. But it's funny because when you think about that, I literally, I think that month spent like five grand because I didn't know how to manage money. Uh, I was 21 now, right? And I made over 10 grand. I didn't even know what taxes were. Right? I'm like, taxes, what, what, what do I got to pay those? But I spent five grand and I still felt rich. I was on top of the world. And then the following year, um, I, I worked at a restaurant. Uh, I was finishing working at a restaurant trying to supplement my income. And I said, you know, there's got to be a better way of doing business. And one of my regulars said, you have to come out to this seminar and this retreat to learn about referrals and Popeyes and calling and notes and all this stuff. And I went out to a seminar in Monterey, uh, Brian Defini uh, event. 
And I just gravitated. It was like, we're journaling. So I'm a 21 year old. I'm like, journaling and we're writing about my feelings. And, and he's dropping the B word, budget. What's a budget? Like, my budget is don't spend much more than you make. It wasn't even don't spend what you don't make. It's like, don't spend too much on your credit cards. That was my budget mentality at 21. And so I learned all these processes and procedures. I'm like, I got to join. And so I put all the money down. It was over five grants, 400 bucks a month on a credit card for a full year. So I knew if I did it month to month, I would not commit. And I went full head on. And that is really where I believe my life personally changed, but also my business life changed because I put processes in place. I put systems in place. My coach, the first thing he said was, you love pressure. They did this like heritage profile on me that can tell how I think, who I am, I'm a refiner, I'm a, I'm a pragmatic, I'm a team player. It told me about myself that I didn't really know about. I'm a naive 21-year-old. And he said, you love pressure, you need to go hire an assistant. I'm like, I have money. He goes, great, you need to go hire an assistant because it's going to make you prospect. Otherwise, you're not going to prospect. You're not really working for yourself without accountability. And so this is going to push you to make sure you do that because you hate to let people down and you don't want to fire someone. And I'm literally, I went out and hired someone and from that day on, I've had a business ever since, literally. And it was just like grind. So year two, I sold 18 homes. And then from year two to three, it went from 18 to 40. And it just skyrocketed. Myself and my, my team, where I built to the top, we are doing right under 1,000 homes a year. Uh, 960, 907 homes a year over three years straight. So we were doing definitely big volume, a lot of units. REO short sale. I had a big, big account of business um, with uh, uh, developers on new home and in construction. I also had a big account with Intel, which is a local company here. Intel, you've heard of Intel. They're here at Folsom, where I was the reload person. So people that they brought in, I would help sell those homes. I would do lunch and learns for them, how to get pre-approved. And so I was literally burning through properties nonstop. That's awesome, man. Uh, what a huge, like, what a what a crazy wild journey on that. So um, rather than dive into all the real estate stuff, but you know, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, lessons there along the way that you've learned, but tell, so you're on the top, like you're selling 900 plus homes a year. And then you eventually decide to start this other company and you get in software sky slope, right? So like, what was the, why do you, why do you make that jump, man? You're, you're literally on top of the world yeah. uh, as it pertains to real estate in your industry. And then you're going to go be the bottom rung on in a new industry. What what was that about? Why did you do that? What were your what was going through your mind at that time? Yeah, I'm. I, I, you know, everyone says like, Ooh, "What's this next idea? Or what's the next thing?" And I don't think that way. I like to solve problems, right? For me, the problem in real estate was the realtor sucked. <laughs> that was at the time that that was the mindset I had, and I can do a better job. And I'm all about the white glove service, providing this exponential service to my customers. I believe it's a customer-based business. And so I was like, I know what I do. I came from the restaurant business and I knew how well I did in the restaurant. And my little brain, I was thinking, I can sell $30 steak or I can sell $300 plus thousand dollar homes, bigger commission, right? And so I'm a problem solver. I solved in my mind the problem of bad realtor, my bad realtor is out there. When you fast forward, we had a lot of clients that would call us. So imagine a lot of times when you're running a big team and I did, people knew me for who I was. I built up a really big referral basis, really big referral, over 50% of my business was referral. Um, and people came and wanted to buy and sell with me. They wanted to talk. And so they'd call me, hey, Ty, what's going on with my property? And so manage that many homes. It's like, this is the old day of the files, like literally files this big. And it's like, okay, 
hold on, Michael, let me go and grab it. Look, okay, this is what's going on. Hey, Amy, let me go and grab it. And so it wasn't, it didn't work for the size that we needed. So uh, what I said was I'm going to build something called Smith Premier Properties Portal onto SharePoint, Microsoft SharePoint. And it's going to be, this is when the cloud, everyone says, what, what's the cloud? Is, you know, is that real? Is it fake? And I was going to store everything in the cloud. This is even like free Dropbox that came out, right when Dropbox actually came out. And I said, I'm going to put everything on my Microsoft Exchange server. I'm going to put it in a format that's easy to read and understandable. And my team's going to upload documents here. And that way, if a client calls me, I can use my phone. I can go and I can look at this. I can go very quickly. Any notes, I can see last time my assistant or my my, my uh, real estate partner, which is my buyer's agent, uh, put notes on, or my seller's agent put notes on. And I was able to track that. And it worked. It was fantastic. And during that time, we were getting a lot of offers. I even created a front-end uh, website that, if you wanted to write an offer on one of my properties, it was called OfferOnProperty.com. You'd go on there, you'd fill out the details, you'd upload your document, and come to this queue. And our team would look at the queue and accept or reject or multiple offers or counter highest and best. And we just wanted that just for my own purposes, for, for my business. And what happened was, great stories with Leo and I met, they were saying, a lot of people say, like, what do you use to manage your offers? What do you use to manage your files? Like, how, and, you know, we're just networking. We're talking about business. I'm like, oh, I use this in your problems portal. You know, like, what the hell is that? <laughs> it's something I built on, on Microsoft SharePoint. And um, I'm actually going to take it out of SharePoint because I'm like, I'm, I'm paying too much for storage the way that Microsoft charged back then. And there's a better way of doing that. I'm going to my own server. And that's when the birth of what I call it SPP, Smith Rear uh, Portals, started outside of Microsoft. I, I, I built something just to manage my own business. So it was never going to be a business. It was, I need to manage my own business. I need to make sure this works. And at that time, my broker said, hey, you're doing a lot of transactions. I said, I'm not printing anymore. I'm going paperless. He's like, well, no, no, no. That's too big. We're not going to do that. I'm like, I do a lot of business. I'm going to give you access so you can audit my files. And I'm going to turn it into you, but I'm not going to print all my paperwork. It's just not happening. I have email correspondence. I have uh, phone numbers, phone logs. I have so much per file. Typical agent's file was this big. Mine was like this because I saved everything. I communicated via email and writing because I wanted to protect myself. And it was a, a scalable way to not forget about things. And he started to review. He's like, can all of our agents use this? This is great. And I'm like, sure, I think so. And you call me developers in India at the time and said, hey, can you, you know, add more people to this? And we started to scale up and our brokerage was the first brokerage to use it. And that was where I'm like, this is something I think that people will find value in. There's nothing else out there. Because I look, I look for everything out there and nothing fit the needs of what I was looking for. And so that was kind of the birth of... of Smith Premier Properties Portal Inc.com, long ugly name to what is now called Skyseal. Um, our, our, my, my brokerage was the very first one to go on it with 75 agents. I wonder, you know, for the for the agent or entrepreneur or lender, who, whoever listening uh, to this episode at home, I wonder how many of us could really listen to what I just heard there is, hey, I solved my own problem, and then I realized I, I did a great job solving that problem. And that became itself its own business, right? Um, and so for someone who's looking, what other businesses could I be in? Think about maybe what problems we're solving for ourselves, for our own business, or maybe for our clients that is then in turn helping solve one of our problems, something like that. Yeah, I think, I think, entrepreneur, I think any problem that saves time, I, 
great business, right? Because that's one thing you can't buy back. But also, any real problem that you are solving is a, is a great thing to think about as far as creating a business. If it's a true problem, like I saw the ROI of what it saved me and what it did for me at scale, and I knew that's, we're not going to be printing more paper. It's kind of like right now. If you were to take a bet and I said, all right, 20 years from now, you're going to bet, would you bet more than people were eating more beef or more plant-based? I would argue it's going to be more plant-based. And I love them. I'm a meat lover, right? But I would argue it's going to be more plant-based 10, 20 years from now than more meat. So I knew that people aren't going to be printing long-term and speed is what matters the most. And for me, my clients, so they want speed. It's like us with Amazon. Remember when Amazon Prime came out and two days was revolutionary? Two days is too late now. I want it in two hours, right? I want it delivered within 10 minutes. And so I think time, as far as people wanting things faster, is just evolving into a space. And it's great. You know, what we did yesterday that was awesome and amazing is ordinary today. <laughs> and that's just the reality of, of society this, these days with how, how much access we have with, with technology out there. And so it was a problem that I knew I needed to solve for me and it worked. Um, and from there, I was like, let's just see. that. Here's where my odd head went. Because I was running a rate, rate business, like you said. And I was like, huh, my, I know my engineering bill is around like eight grand a month. So if I didn't actually make 20 grand a month, That'd be great. And I can build this. And back then it was like, I remember the Microsoft CDs and you put it like, that's all now all virtual. Obviously it's all on demand and, and, and you download and it just, it's all web-based. But back then it was pretty safe. Like I can create this. I don't need my development team probably after a year. I'm just, it's like a rental property. I had several rental properties that owned at the time. It's like, it's like a rental property that I don't have to deal with tenants. <laughs> it's great. What if I can build it up again? 20 clients, 30 clients on They'll solve all my problems. Kind of like how naive I was in real estate thinking if I could hit 13 planets and solve all my problems. What I learned is uh, technology changes and changes often, so you're not getting rid of your eight developers in, in, in India. In fact, at the, you know, before we transitioned to the whole US years ago, we had like 25 engineers who were in India, right? This was over three years ago. But what I also saw was it solved a problem for others. Right. I, I sold to a broker uh, over in Arizona. They came to our website. I had a funky, ugly website up that had a live chat that actually came to my Gmail account. And so I was like, hey, I have 1,200 agents. Curious if this will work. And I'm like, uh, 1,200 agents? Like, what's your price? And I'm like, I don't know, two bucks an agent? They're like, yes, we like it. Can you come out and train our agents? I'm like, yeah. And went out to Arizona. I trained their agent. I wanted to see how it was. And they paid us $2,400, $2,500 a month. And what's so funny, they're still fine today. They still pay freaking two bucks a year, which is way too low. But I, I am so loyal. And they are great. They're not 1,200 agents anymore. They're 2,000. But they were part of literally our first uh, client besides us. And they bowed us. And the system back then, what it does today, and it's like, Back then, it was like Flintstones car. You're freaking Peter or rolling, and now it's like a it's like a Tesla version one roadster, right? And so uh, um, that was our first our first real client. And that's what I knew when I saw what it did for the agents and how excited they were. That's what I knew. Okay, we're early, but this done right will work. I'm confident it will work. What was it that made you decide? Okay, there's one thing. 
um, because what what's going through my head right now is, okay, you had two choices. You could either hire someone to just go run this business for you and go build it, or you could um, maybe hire someone to run the real estate business or sell the real estate business so you could go run uh, what's now a sky slope. How did you make the decision eventually, and, and when did you make that decision to go all in with your personal efforts on sky slope versus the other business you'd been running? Good question. So when we went out to the company in Arizona, when I went out to the company in Arizona, I, the thing that made me think this is something great is I watched the agents. I think they bought into me more than the products. The product was very mediocre at best at that time. It worked for me, but I think, well, they knew I was a real estate expert. I can talk about it. I can talk through topic and walk through walk. They're usually talking to people who are trying to sell enterprise software that they, they doesn't understand real estate. And I'm like, this is what I can, I, I can talk contingency talk for tasks. I can talk the talk. So I think that's what actually sold them. And then me going out and training them, I can relate to the agents. And I think that was a big thing that they liked. And so after a couple of months seeing them use it, and more people joined as well, I called for feedback. Hey, what's going on? Like, this is great, but if you change this, this would work. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. I didn't think about that. And so they started to do out this feature suggestion thing, which we still have today. Um, but back then it was like, put it in the queue and it went to India and India would develop it and it would come back. Like literally that's how it went. And I'd have a little bit of interaction or I'd say, what they're asking for is this, this is how we make it better. But what really transitioned was we hired our first employee. And again, you have to remember, it goes back to my coach, my coach. I do well under pressure, which is something I'm trying to fix, not fix, but I don't think it's always a good state of habit to be under pressure to actually have great performance. But um, that is just, I do really well under that. Um, and so I said, I have an employee I'm going to hire. Um, number one employee, Ryan Bishop, still here today, eight years later. Um, number two employee, great, let's bring it on. And so we just started to bring on some of these folks. And that's pressure, right? And I'm different saying, I have two ways. I can self-fund it, or I can go get venture capitalism. And so I said, I want to be able to control my destiny. I, I, I think this real estate world is just a funky world. I mean, I'm, I'm an agent. I'm an independent contractor. Agents are very difficult, right? They, they always want change. They always want things change, but they don't like change, right? And, and so I understand that because that was me. I understand brokers, right? They want to recruit or retain and they'll do anything for the top producers. So you know your customer is the broker one. Number two, it's, it's the top producer because the, the broker is going to do whatever the top producer wants to do, right? And so, I knew that aspect. And so what I did was we, we built up the business. And when we started to do well in our local market, we were in about seven or eight states at the time. This was five years ago, five and a half. So yeah, five years ago. Um, yeah, five and a half years ago, our, a big broker here in our local market said, everyone loves your software from right here. We were creating to the answer we want to And you still have a really successful real estate business. And I said, well, first off, a year ago, I transitioned my entire real estate business from me working in it and on it to my uh, executive assistant who ran ops. She runs ops. She still works for Skyscraper today. She thinks she's going to retire. She's fantastic. But she ran ops. She ran the entire business while I was running Skyscraper. And that is what funded Skyscraper. We self-funded. We did not get venture capitalists. I used all the proceeds I got for Skyscraper or for Smith Premier my real estate business and put them into Skyslope. And it was tough because I'm constantly writing checks. I mean, that's why a lot of tech companies use venture capitalists because it's not cheap to have employees and software and engineers and 
And so I was literally in the checkout. I was writing checks nonstop. I was nonstop writing checks. This client called us and said, move your real estate brokerage over to us. Move your real estate brokerage over to us. Be under our umbrella. And I said, well, that's just, I'm, I'm going to solve this problem to get the sale. So I want to use Skyslope. But someone else is going to say the same thing. So it became a conflict of interest in our, in our local market. And I'm like, you know what? I make good money on Skyslope or on, on my real estate business. I know people who want it, and I tracked it. Remember, I ran my real estate business so different than many realtors. I had a PR every single month. I showed every on my on my referral log how many referrals I got. I can show you my conversion on referrals. And these weren't leads; these are true referrals. And these are referrals. It's like, hey, Tyler, my mom Sally wants to sell her house. She thinks it's worth five hundred. We know it's not. Come over and meet her tomorrow morning. I'm gonna be there. By the way. She likes this, this, and this. This is going to be the roadblocks you have. Like, it was a real referral. And so I've been on average over two years straight, 28 referrals every month, month over month. Now, these aren't leads, these are referrals. And so I was able to take that, take my business plan and processes, and I sold my real estate practice and fully dove in to Skyslope. That's awesome, man. You, uh, you strike, you, you, you like, you striked up a thought for me. Um, I don't know if you know who Dan Sullivan is. He owns a company called Strategic Coach uh, for Entrepreneurs. And he, he's got to say, this is, it's not that entrepreneurs work well under pressure. It's that when we're under pressure, we tend to work. And uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So that's funny. That's a great quote. Yeah, it really is. And it's, you know, I think that the, it's the sense of what pressure does uh, or the feeling of I've got to get something done uh, where that can put a lot of us mentally. And I think those of us who tend to be more entrepreneurial than others um, at any rate, you, you, when you shared that, it just, it sparked that thought for me. So Cool. So you, so you sell the real estate business and sort of go all in, if you will, on, on Skyslope. What was that like? And, and what has the last kind of five years been like since you've done that? Um, you know, how, how different has that been versus, say, real estate and what you learned uh, building your real estate career up to the point where you could actually sell that business? Yeah, um, I think it's a big difference. Uh, so in real estate, you can do everything. So, for example, I had a buyer's agent. I had a listing coordinator. I had two transaction coordinators. I had uh, an assistant and then I had um, like a clerical, right? And I ran a lean, mean machine. Um, I had multiple buyers and multiple listing coordinators, but those were the roles. If my assistant could do something, I could do it, right? If my transaction coordinator could do something, I could easily jump in and do Like I could do everything if I needed to. I didn't rely on other people. Therefore, yes, I had to lead and inspire, but I, I, I can easily fall into and, and do one of their tasks if needed to, right? And in my mind back then, I can do everything. I'm the best, right? That's a real good mindset. No, no, no. It has to be my way. It has to be my photo. It has to be my color. It has to be my name. And, and I had to learn at a young age. It's, just, it's ego driving you, right? And you have to let go to grow. And my coach was great on teaching me that. Fast forward from real estate to running a technology company, completely different. I would say this is 10 times harder by, by no questions asked. I'm sorry. Like, I always laugh. I always say, oh, what would you do to do this? Like, I go back into real estate. I would kill right now. Like, I, I personally, I love real estate. It's my high school sweetheart that got away, right? It's like, I love everything about it. Um, and I think just right now, there's so much opportunity to do business. And when I say that, people go, no, you don't get it. You don't know. I'm a great doer, and 
And I can do, I can work, I'm a hardcore worker, I'm a grinder, I can work 12 hours, seven days a week, hardcore, I did that real estate. And I, I rarely get burnout. Uh, and I'm pretty um, in tune with my body when I feel there's a burnout where I know I need to take a break. I, I think it's a, a, a good quality. I'm very clear on that. I know my body well. So I can do all day long. The difference is that works well in real estate. You're as good as your last sale, grinding, enough, you know, enough calls, enough prospects, enough belly to bellies, leaves the deal. I mean, it's, it's an equation, right? And software is completely different. I, we have 180-ish people that work for us, team members here. And so I use the analogy, I went from rowing, right? So think about rowing crew, right? The rowing crew, I went from just a single rower, right? When I started sky slope, to, okay, now I'm lead rower, all right? Now I'm the coxman, I'm in the middle, just not even rowing, just saying, pull, pull, right? Then I went from coxman to coach or leader, and now I'm the uncle that doesn't even get invited to the beats. <laughs> and so, and that's an exaggeration, but that's what I knew because good leaders fool themselves when they, they think they get to do because they don't. And it's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing because it, you have to do, like, I can't put in 20 hours, 15 hours, and think it's going to be better because I can't do. I have to improve on how I lead, how I inspire how I paint the, the, the picture of the vision of where we're going, where is our North Star. I have to um, make sure that, you know, we, we, we properly budget so we hire the right amount of people to go for projects. I have to recruit and retain some of the best leaders, not even the best talent. Yes, I need the best talent, but the best leaders are better than me, which a lot of people struggle with that. I struggled with it for the first three or four years. Like, well, no, 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 no. I don't want someone who's better than me. I, no, I do. Right? I want someone who actually is smarter, better, more intelligent, because my role as a CEO is to think about strategy, right? Make how to make sure we have a very clear vision and make sure I recruit your team, the the top executives to lead the team. My goal, like we have a very offensive strategy goal, but as a CEO, I'm I'm in defense, right? I, I think about PB and J, you know, processes, bureaucracies, and jams. Not peanut butter and jelly, right? Which I think about all the time. I love PB and J, peanut butter and jelly. But processes, bureaucracies, and jams. My goal is to remove those from my executives so that they can have a free, clear slate and I can just give them the ball and run it down the field, right? I'm blocking and tackling the big challenges that they have, problems, so they do what they do best, which is lead their team. And so it's a completely different mindset. I mean, I can tell you right now as a CEO, like you get up and you eat crap every day here, right? It's like every day, it's like everything's on you. It's all my fault. Something goes wrong, my fault, 100%. And that's a big mindset shift change. It's, it's, I have so much respect for CEOs that run big companies. It's, I think it's an extremely hard thing to do. I get humbled to eat humble pie every day. I always say humble pie is the pastry that's never tasty. And, uh, and if you're constantly just doing that, especially at scale, it, it, I feel like it gets harder. And it just makes me more motivated to, to learn my craft, to lead my team. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this, because you said something about, hey, you, you, know, you know, in a way, you'd like to go back to selling real estate, you'd crush it. Um, you know, I think a lot of folks in this day and age are starting to feel worried about the future of real estate. Sure, um, sure. because of the iBuyers and technology and, sure. and all that stuff. So let me ask you your take on it. Obviously, I have a, I have a hunch of where, 
where you might lay on this. Uh, but tell me, like, what do you see coming in the future of real estate? So uh, maybe in the next, call that two to five years in real estate, how do you see our industry changing, if at all? What, what would you be doing as a realtor uh, in its current environment to make sure you're relevant, if you will, to make sure you are relevant, you stay relevant uh, in, the, in the industry? Yeah, so I think when I think about what is the real estate industry look like, I first think about who's my user or who's my customer, which is the home buyer or seller. And I would say if any realtor is listening, I'd say take your, your realtor hat off and think if you're a consumer in general, speed, transparency, and trust. So it matters. Give an example. Speed. You want things now. No one wants to wait. Anyone wants to wait, I want to hear it up. Speed. It's all about speed. Two-day delivery Amazon is too slow, right? It is. So when I think about speed, transparency, transparency and trust, let's think about Uber. And if it's Lyft is your, is your flavor, great. Speed. I click a button, a car shows up, which is odd to think about because that didn't happen too long ago, right? And so, but it's normal. It's, it's common. And when I click the button, it sends it five minutes away. It's still too slow. I want it now, right? But speed. I click a button, a car shows up. Transparency. What's happening? Who's picking me up? Where are they picking me up? Where are they at? What's their name? What's the rating? What type of car? Very transparent, right? And I'm just giving you an example. And then trust. Yeah, I trust them, but long-term trust. Trust beyond the, the transaction. I trust and rely on Uber so much that I use their scooters. I use their bikes. I order food from Uber Eats. And, 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 right? So when I think about consumer, that's what consumers want. No consumer is going to say, I want them slow. I want to know. I don't want to know what's happening. And I don't want to trust you, right? So when I think about that's what the consumer wants, and that's in all aspects. Everyone wants everything fast, on demand, blockbuster, Netflix, you name it. it it's, 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 you know, it's, that's what people want. I think about what does the consumer want? They want to know. They want things fast. Going back to your old old school ways of driving down and getting documents signed or, hey, let me come over and sit down next week and do a listing presentation. And, oh, you know what? We now need to get your house speed. They want to sell their house and they want to sell it now. True. It's a fact. They do. Now, sometimes they don't, but it's getting faster. They want things faster. Same with the home buyer. Hey, I saw you three homes. Home buyers want to say, the home buyers already driven around the house three times before you go in the door. No doubt. Because they want, and they got we're on Zillow, Redfin, you name it, all of them getting alerts from everything, even because your alerts are not as good as everyone else's alerts. True fact, they want things fast, the speed. Transparency. I can tell right now, we have 180 something employees here. Every time one of them buys a house, I always ask them, how much do you know what's going on? No, nothing. Did you realize you're community with you? No, no clue. Do you know what you're doing? No, did you know what it like? They've learned more here, and Scott's looking at a boot camp, a real estate boot camp, we put all our employees through so they understand what we want them to think, breathe, sleep like realtors. We have a transaction coordinator, we're 30 transaction coordinators here, so like, we have a big team. They know more based on what they know here than they're learning from the realtor. Now think about that. It's a single financial, largest financial investment they ever make. They're fearful, they do this on, and on average, one of every seven-ish years, and they don't know what's happening. They have no clue. They're depending on the realtor, Fortunately, the realtor, there's pros and cons, but the realtor is not, and it's not, I love realtors. It's not that they don't want to provide this. They're not. So that's transparency. And then trust. I want to know, I'm a consumer, that I trust you, but I want to trust you beyond. 
I'm not a one and done. So the deal closes, what happens? The realtor moves on. Like, and I get it. Life's hard on the RSH by the age. It's busy, right? We're all busy. We're distracted. I don't remember to call my mom sometimes, right? So of course I can't call my my my, my client I sold a house to three years ago and check in and then it gets too long and now it's awkward. And what do I do? People don't call, they don't pick up, should I tap? What do I say in the tactics? They want to trust me long term. What's the value you bring? And so I think about those are the three things consumers want. How are realtors going to pave the way brokers on um, our industry on providing that? Because they'll lose. I believe realtors will lose by not playing. I think there will be a use standard. It's what we're building here at Skyflow, the customer experience platform for real estate, right? Based upon those three things. Every single thing we build here is how does it make the realtor faster? How does it make the consumer feel like they're being faster? How do we make sure they're transparent? And how do we build long-term trust? Because that's all the consumer wants. And so when you think about iBuying, yes, it's it's gone in the last three years. It's increased significantly, but it's still played a very small percentage when you look at the overall sales. But I can tell you this. My house in Arizona that I have as a rental right now, if I don't want to fuss with it and go out and talk to a realtor and interview and do all this stuff, and they'll just buy that for me and the price is fair enough, fair enough, I might sell it, right? Fact, why wouldn't a consumer do that? They don't have to fly out there. They don't have to meet with them. They don't have to say, here's a recommendation of all the stuff that has to be done. They don't have to pay. They don't. Now, I'm not saying that. Everyone. I think there will be a market for that. But do I think everyone's gonna, someone's going to put their $3.4 million home on Amazon? No, they're not. And as you know, rates are extremely low. I just replied 2.41, extremely low. Money's so cheap right now that if you actually have low interest rates, people may actually hold their house for longer because as rates, they're not going to keep going down. They're only going to go up. So as rates go up, to refi or move, they may stay in this current house long because money's cheaper and their rate is low enough. So I think that seven years of every often someone moving is only going to get longer as rates go up because rates are so extremely low right now. So I think if you think about the future of where we're going, I think it's still a healthy market. I think for those who are sitting in, in hibernation, you know, reading the news line, there's still so much business out there. It's crazy how much business. He or she who outworks people right now, and not only smarter but harder, is going to win. Especially diving into how do you provide fast service? How are you transparent, making sure you communicate, and how do you make sure your client trusts you long term? Like when the deal closes, what are you doing to help them? And I'm not talking about buying a damn home warranty or giving them a freaking you know Frito basket. How can they trust you along the way? How are you helping them with their move? How are you helping them be on the transaction? When it's tax season, how are you providing their funds tax fee so they can write off their interest? Like, because they don't have their documents, they don't know where that is. How are you actually truly providing value, which is a free uptick of reaching out, which is just building value and building value and building value. And so that's what I think about long-term is those are the three things I think that are going to win beyond anything else in this market. Awesome, man. That's huge. You dropped so many nuggets there. I was actually taking some notes myself there uh, for personal reasons. Uh, Moving, moving on, a couple of rapid-fire questions for you. Yeah. What are you maybe bullish on today that a year ago you, you were bearish on or something maybe you, you disbelieved today that you believed a year ago? Uh, you know, And it doesn't have to be exactly a year, but tell me something where you've sort of changed your thoughts on it and maybe why. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a very big person on changing my thoughts. I just think it's healthy. Um, I, I think you should, everyone should taste it and they should, they should work with different things to, to, to challenge what they believe is correct and accurate. Um, 
one of the things I'm trying to give you, I'm trying, there's so many things I can do, but I'm trying to give you something of substance. Like, what did I not believe that I believe now? Um, I just, yeah, I, I am so, so I'm trying, and I'm also trying to think about real estate. I'm so bought in that that agents, a year ago, I said, hey, I buy it, it's going to change the world. All that's confirmed for me is that consumers feed on really good agents. And I thought, you know what? Could I buy and change things? I didn't believe it could, but I do believe it's going to put so much pressure on the world tour to change. And I think that's tough. I think realtors have a very difficult time with change averages of realtor 54 years old. Uh, yes, that is getting younger, it's gone down, but average of realtor 54 years old, they don't like change. They don't. It almost is their crush. And the challenge is those who will actually adapt to that will actually win, in my opinion. Um, what else? Uh, I think Amazon's a little bit I truly, truly believe that. And I, I like it. I don't mind it. Like, a lot of people will think, oh, my data, and I don't want them to know this. And I'm in an incognito website and browse. It's like, hey, give me what I want. If you want to show me things I want and you're accurate, I love it. You want to give me, like, I don't mind that. And people hate when I said, like, guys, I just, and here's the deal. It's not, in the net, net game of things, it's not truly affecting me yet. And so therefore, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have an opinion. I'm not going to sit there and try to disable all my offenses and this and that and go crazy thinking about all this data. I have my beliefs and what my thoughts are and, and, and I'm open to it, you know? You know, along those lines, and I'm certainly, I'm, I'm not a political guy, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all about what's right and what, what's better for everyone, not, not, not political lines in the sand there and everything. But something I thought was interesting along those lines is there's a candidate who's like from your neck of the woods, uh, Andrew Yang, who um, is running on the, on the Democratic side, uh, who released kind of his plan around personal data. Uh, and it's the, I thought it was interesting because the first time I'd seen a candidate in the United States actually talk about this, this touchy of a tech subject, which is around maybe us as, as, as citizens of the United States should own our own data. Uh, therefore, if we give permission to say an Amazon, because that's the example you use to use it, we should profit from that as well. Um, and, you know, it's just interesting times how things are changing um, and how things like that could come up. So, again, not to go political or anything, because I'm, yeah. I'm definitely not. I just that caught my eye when I saw that he had released a plan around that, because I don't think I've ever seen a, a politician even sort of touch on those type of topics. So tell me, uh, I can't help but notice, man, right above your head is a, is a picture of Muhammad Ali and his fist. Uh, What's the meaning of that uh, poster? I mean, there's so many great quotes of his. I mean, uh, a pioneer in his time, uh, still today, someone who's got the perseverance. And so I just remember, hey, stay strong. And that's what I think about is, hey, stay strong. You're going to be up. I think in any business, entrepreneurship, you're, you're, you're eating crap all day long. I truly believe that. And so it just means, you know, to me, I, I look at that and think, you know, how many punches could he have taken? How many punches did he take? And what was the training he had to do? And the moment you, you're like, you, you had a bad day because it's going to happen. It's like, hey, you know, you have a bad day, get up and stay strong. That's what I think about. Um, it's just, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's something I've had in my office since you know, Sky was created. Sorry, um, for over eight years now. So I just followed him along the route. Awesome, man. Um, well, I'm going to wrap up here in a second. I got one final question that I want to ask you uh, that I ask all my guests. Uh, but before I do that, number one, where can people follow you slash learn more about Tyler and what you're doing and Skyslope and what you guys are doing as a company for, for the few in our industry who aren't aware of it? Um, 
where's the best place for people to go learn about you and, and, and or Skyslope? Yeah, so skyslope.com is our website for transaction management um, and, and uh, from, from really from writing the contract all the way to close and beyond. Um, you can go to our website and check it out. We sell directly to brokers and, and top teams. Uh, we got a price clients. We have about 200,000 agents that use our software on a monthly basis. So, um, so you can find us there. Great. Um, also, time file on Twitter. And, and I do a lot of... Uh, I put out a, a blog every single week, so you can watch it on YouTube if you want. Um, just on business entrepreneurship, what we do here, um, and there's some, you know, I see definitely need to throw away the bones, right? So you always want to find one nugget somewhere. Your goals find one, and if that's the case, then you win. But um, yeah, that's that's you can find us. What's the name of the YouTube channel? Uh, I think it's Ask Ty. You can type Tyler Smith. Ask um, Ty. Tyler Smith will really it all come up, but Ask Ty. Cool. Awesome, man. All right. So last question for you. Yeah. Uh, and this is, I, I purposely didn't, didn't, you know, I like to just throw this at people just to see how they naturally respond. But so someone comes to you um, there, you know, whether it's a friend, someone who you mentor, uh, maybe a family member, uh, and they just say, Hey, like Tyler, I just, I need some advice, man. I want to do better. So what are your top three pieces of advice for sort of kicking more ass in life in general? Hmm. Um, I'd say number one is get comfortable with failure. I think people uh, are, are, are crippled by it. I, I, I said something to a lot of my team members today. I said just, hey, you know, if you're pioneering white space, which is white space, you don't really know what's playbook. You don't know where you're going. You have no idea what's going to happen, but taste the bear, taste. And when you taste, it's almost like oxygen for me because not tasting is death. Meaning I'm not moving forward. I, I, I don't want anybody, my advice is to not sit back in your 80 and live a life of regret. For me, I want to I want to sit back in 80 and want to say, is that a life of regret or a life of adventure? And so I'd say taste, even knowing that a berry may be poisonous, because the opposite is you never taste it. And so um, I would say be very comfortable with failure. So I think that's number one. Number two is um, I do believe. Uh, who you surround yourself with truly is who you are. Um, I, I, that's an old school. Everyone's heard that before, but like, look at, literally audit yourself right now. Go down, write down the top 10 people that you hung out with in the last month. Go on your calendar, go on your phone, go on your Instagram, whatever it is, and go look at the last 10 people you hung out with and say, does this person bring me up or does this person bring me down? And the people bring you down, slash, goodbye. Right? Because life is way too short. Again, it goes back to living a life of regret. When I'm 80 and I'm sitting down in my rocker, I don't want to live a life of regret. I want to live a life of adventure. Right? And so that's what I think about. So number two is audit, audit your, your, your sphere, your friends, audit, even your family. I like audit people. Um, and the third thing is, is I, uh, I just got this piece of advice and it's what I've always done. But it, it, I'm thinking of something that reminds me of uh, we just had a big CEO here at the company, he said, you know, be the hardest worker, right? You can't ever lose that. Rock always says that the hardest worker in the room, like you can't ever lose on that. And I'm not saying putting 50 hours, I'm saying be the hardest worker in the room. Um, you know, when I go to the gym, I, there's no one who's now, I'll work. It's not going to happen, it's going to happen. doesn't work. I'm like, I'm there every morning, 4.15 a.m. And it's like, you're not, I'm consistent. It's, been part of, it's not what I do, it's just who I am. Like, I will work the hardest in there, no doubt. 
I come to the office, say, I'm working, when I'm off, I'm making sure where I have things in place. So I think those are the three things I would uh, I would suggest. I think the biggest one though is like to 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 not sit back when you're 80 and live a life of regret. And and that is my biggest fear is that I don't want to sit back and go, I I I thought of this when I do it, or I should have, could have, would have. It's I don't want to sit back and live a life of regret. I want to live a life of adventure. Um, and fellowship, right? Bringing people along the way of the journey together, friends, um, family members. And so that would be the main uh, umbrella over those three is like not living a life of regret through those, those three items. But those are the three things I think about all the time. Awesome, man. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Um, Tyler, thank you so much for taking yeah. the time out of your busy schedule to, uh, to join us here. And um, just want to say thank you. I, I really appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Uh, until next time, we will talk to you soon. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor if you enjoy this. Go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at. Leave us a review. Share this episode with your friends. And for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups next level agents. See you soon.